Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Friday Fire number 30. TFI Friday, man. Thank goodness uh, it's Friday. My name is Sam. I am the small business surgeon. And for those of you just finding the show, a quick reminder we do full length interviews on Mondays. We've got business owners and CEOs and authors and all that good stuff for you guys sharing how they made it in business, how they overcame adversity, and how they got to where they're at now through failure and trial and error. And then on Fridays, we have Friday Fire. And uh, that is me recapping lesson that I've learned this week and sharing something new with you guys. Man, it went quick, didn't it? We're at episode 30 already. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe I'm 30 episodes deep on Friday, uh, Friday Fires and uh, I, keep, uh, I keep finding something to talk about. I can't wait till I'm at episode 300. You know, I have um, seen significant growth in business and in the podcast since I started and obviously they're feeding one another. Um, but it's, I mean, I've, I found something finally that I'm genuinely passionate about. I, I genuinely love to do. And I haven't, I wouldn't say I've felt this way about business since I discovered oil and gas law in my early 20s. And I got let loose in a courthouse with a big stack of documents and got to play Clue. You know, that was, that was, that was the feeling I've got right now. Um, the other time, maybe when I finally figured out internet marketing enough to get my first conversion and within about a week I'd managed to scale that conversion to a campaign that was making $250 a day and I showed it to my broker at the time in the oil field and he turned his nose up and he was just like, well, what the fuck are you going to do with that? Let's just play money. And uh, (laughs) that was my, uh, I've got that kind of feeling again. Um, I feel like I'm on fire. I finally found this passion that I've tapped into and it's something I, I genuinely love to do. And, uh, well, I'll be honest, it's, uh, it's talking to you guys. Um, and before I get into that, though, I, I do want to talk about that passion today. Um, there's a favor that I have to ask, and that is if you like the content and if it makes you think, you know, if, it likes, if you like the show, if it makes you laugh, or if it just makes your day a little better, you know, go on over to iTunes, leave us a review, and uh, don't forget to hit subscribe. It helps us grow. It helps us hit the, uh, the Apple charts. We actually charted at uh, 133 in the U.K., for entrepreneurship, and when I started looking in the top 100, there's some pretty big names over there. So I was uh, I was really really quite impressed with our little show and our followers. So thank you because when you share it and when you subscribe, it helps other people find the show, and um, they get to hear the message. And maybe we can make their day a little better too, which is really what I'm all about. I'm just trying to make everybody's day just a little bit better because if I can give you one percent a day, I can give you several hundred percent a year in improvements. So that's the plan here. Anyway, you know I never know what I'm going to write down for these. Uh, these fucking shows. <laughs> so what I like to do is I draw my inspiration from the events of the week and then I can talk about what's on my mind from, from, from the week and it's fresh. And, you know, sometimes I procrastinate like this week and it's nine o'clock on Thursday night. And um, so a huge apology to my producer, Kyle, for me recording this so late again. I'm sorry, mate. He does a wonderful job for us. 
and uh, I know he's going to get this out on time. So if it goes out late, it's my fault. I uh, fully apologize. We do get busy. Um, I'm the good kind of busy. Uh, I am working on finding the right people to plug the holes and fill the gaps and keep growing. Um, but I've got the good kind of busy going on. Everything's efficient. The, the calendar's full. And uh, anyway, today is a, uh, it's a topic I want to cover. It's a recap of a conversation that I had with a mate of mine the other day. And, you know, he's quite a bit younger than me. Uh, I've got, I will go on to say, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for the lad. Uh, he's very very hard working and if if you guys haven't figured it out yet right (laughs) old hustlers right we love nothing more than helping young hustlers that do the fucking work like if you're coming up and you're doing the work and we see you doing the work we'll turn around and help you like we like doing that if you guys have not figured that out yet just do the work and get in the same rooms as some older guys that are doing the same thing and they will all help you so um during our call, and you know, I'm not going to get into his, his personal business, but during our call, I was reminded of an old story. And, you know, memory fails me on this, which is, is strange because getting into my 40s, I've never really had my memory fail me on stuff. And I can't remember if it was my dad or if it was my granddad that told me this story. And the big sticking point is the, the story's got the word fuck in it. And... I've been going over my notes, and Grandad never said the word fuck, right? He never said the word fuck ever, I don't think. Uh, um, I have no memory whatsoever of my grandfather swearing like that. Um, he was, you know, he was very traditional, very old school. Um, I don't remember him swearing, so then I'm like, well, I'm sure Grandad told me this story. So this generational differences in swearing, because now I get to think about it. Grandad, right, he never said fuck, but he would say bugger. And he'd say bugger a lot. And bugger has um, less, of a, less of a rating on the swearing scale. You know, you get from, you get up to fuck, that's a solid 8 out of 10. You get anything above that, you know, you, you, you're mentioning that C word and you're getting in trouble. Bugger, bugger registers like a 1 on the swearing scale. Until you look up the literal definition of it, right? This is the generational differences in swearing. Totally off topic. Um, as politely as I can put it, bugger... It's generally um, it's generally reserved for males, and it, it's it's forcibly entering through the back door um, against the will of the homeowner. I think that's the most polite way to put it. So, um, yeah, that generation would say that, but they wouldn't say fuck, which is which is quite strange. So, anyway, I'm thinking it was my dad because my my granddad he just didn't say say fuck, and it it actually turns out it's because it 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 was uh, it wasn't too vulgar. It's because it wasn't vulgar enough. So I'm beginning to think that my granddad was actually a, a, a real secret badass. But anyway, back, back to the call. Sorry, I get sidetracked here. Um, back to the call. This lad is, is, is struggling with a couple of problems uh, to do with pace and the speed at which things are happening around him and the, the, the way his accomplishments are moving forward. So I tell him this story that I believe was dad or granddad about it's about two balls and i'm gonna tell it to you guys right now so there's two balls and they're standing in the middle of this field on top of a hill right and it's a beautiful day and they're looking down into the valley and there's this great big herd of cows there's a couple of hundred head of cows down there in the valley and just two bulls at the top of the hill standing by themselves in the field and a young bull he turns he says to the old bull he says oi he says uh 
Let's run down this hill right now and fuck one of them cows. And the old bull, he turns towards him slowly and he says, no, 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 lad, no. Let's walk down the hill and fuck all of them cows. And therein lies the lesson. Because once I told that to the guy, the guy that I was talking to, I, I don't want to call him a kid, but he's, you know, mid-twenties. So I tell this to the kid, and it's like the penny drops on the other side of the road, you see. Young entrepreneurs, they're inexperienced. They're like the young cow. And you see a cow, and you want to run and fuck it until you wear yourself out and drop out of the game. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but the old bulls, you see, they've had the lessons so the old bully knows if he exhausts himself in the game and he can't complete his mission, he's out of the game. And he knows this through failure because he's done it before. So when he walks down that hill, he's got a game plan and he's got a strategy and he's got his goal mapped out at the start of the journey. He's planned it. He's planned fucking all of them cows and he does it. So why? Why does he plan it's because he's failed before. He knows what it's like to exhaust yourself chasing a goal that's not properly planned for, that you're not ready for. And he knows the power of patience and the power of planning and the power of persistence, right? And the experienced bull hits all his goals and smashes them. What a young bull, he makes one sale and he says, well, that was hard work and he gives up and goes home. And yes... I know it's a metaphor, but I hope it's a fun metaphor. I hope it's a, a fun little story. And, you know, I'm not going to share his business because it's, you know, it's personal. But the, the, the guy I was talking to, he was, he was too worried. Uh, sorry, he was worried that he's not far enough along and that he should be doing more and making more money and achieving more. And like I said, the kid's in his mid-20s. Man, and the problem that he had is the same problem that all of us have. And that's why I can address it. I teach and I podcast from positions of experience at the stupid shit that I've done and the lessons I've learned along the way that I've managed to educate myself through the fucking pain and through a lot of books and through mentors. But it, it is, it's through doing the same shit. So I was thinking the same as this guy when I was in my mid-20s and when I was in my early 30s, feeling inadequate with the people that I was looking up to feeling like I wasn't where I wanted to be. Because when I looked around, I could see the highlight reels of this people on this new social media that were all doing better than me, that were all happier than me. And we didn't realize at the time that we've all got the same issues of inadequacy. And it gets even worse when you decide I'm going to be a fucking rock star and I got to surround myself with rock stars to be a rock star and you're not a rock star maybe you know five chords on the guitar and all of a sudden you're standing in a room with Brian May that's the guitarist from Queen like one of the best guitarists on the planet so we get to stand in the room with some of the best entrepreneurs on the planet but what happens if you hang around with Brian May long enough and you keep carrying your guitar around and following him and he sees you're practicing. What happens? He's going to turn around and he's going to help you. Because you see, when you surround yourself with excellence and yet you judge yourself 
as below average, you have to remember that you're above average in a group that literally pisses excellence. You're in the group, right? So, sorry, you might be below average in that group. But look back at your life. You get around some of the top entrepreneurs in the world and you feel inadequate. I absolutely understand that. I did too. I still do to a point, but not nearly as much. I know we speak the same language and I know we're on the same journey. But initially, you get around those guys. It's intimidating as shit. And you wonder why you haven't achieved a tenth of the things they've achieved. And you automatically mark yourself as inadequate and below average. And you forget you're below average in a room full of excellence. So look back at your old life for a minute. Look at your classmates. Uh, your former colleagues, let's look at your drinking buddies. You know, either, either they're ahead of you, which is good. I've got a couple of my buddies that are ahead of me, and I cheer them on, and they cheer me on, and, and life's good. That's how it's supposed to be. We're all supposed to fucking win. But they're either ahead of you and they're setting an example, or they're behind you and they'll never, ever, ever fucking catch up because they just don't get it. So don't judge yourself by the heavy hitters. Don't worry that you're below average in a room that literally pisses excellence. Be grateful you get to spend time around them and learn all you can. Because old guys that are hustlers love nothing more than helping young guys that are hustlers. And I don't necessarily mean young in age. You can be young in business knowledge as well. You could be 50 years old and two years into your business and you're a young entrepreneur. So what you're doing right now is blowing the fucking doors off of what your peers are achieving. Even though you feel left behind and you feel behind the curve, it's because you're standing in a room full of guys that are so far ahead of the curve. Normal people will never catch up. And you will. You will. All right, I want to finish up by sharing a win and I don't ever really do this because you know it's uh it's a podcast for you guys it's not for me but I really feel like sharing a win with you uh this week I, I had a really rough um weekend last weekend uh so it's a little bit of story time and uh, ramp up to how I got to this win um the check engine light came on for me personally not in my truck in my in my health and you know I um I've been feeling tired a lot lately, run down, drug out, all that shit. And my diet's okay 80% of the time. Uh, I don't drink, exercise a lot. So I'm wondering why I'm, uh, I'm feeling tired. So I end up going to the doctor. And yeah, I got a couple of check ins and lights I got to take care of. I've got to go and get a couple more scans and some different opinions. I don't think it's anything major to worry about, but it was just a little pump the brakes. And then. Um, Saturday, Saturday was a funeral of um, an old, old friend of mine. Um, we weren't close anymore, but I'd known him all of, you know, 18 years. And, um, you know, he's 13 years older than me. And poor fella, you know, he, he, he was a little bit, a little bit overweight and he got COVID and he never made it out. And so you add, you add that to the check engine light and the doctor's appointment. And, you know, I, I shut myself in all weekend. Um, I canceled my plans. I know I disappointed some people, so sorry if you're the people that I disappointed because I, I did 
cancel a lot of things this weekend. And I did a lot of thinking. And this is where my win comes in. Um, yeah, I've made the decision to exit my real estate company. Um, I've been fishing around with the idea for the last three or four months trying to figure out the best way, but I've made a decision to put a hard stop on it. Um, I will be making a call probably Tuesday or Wednesday of next week with a final decision on what we're going to do, but it's going to be involving merging uh, merging companies, I'm taking a director position at the new company and keeping the real estate company, we'll keep doing real estate, keep doing transactions. I'll be just uh, merging with another team and we'll be utilizing their resources and they will be utilizing our resources and um, I'll be handling the majority of the inbound and the marketing stuff, which is what I'm really, really good at, which I really, really enjoy. So, um, that will get me to more of a, a director position. It'll free up a lot of time, a lot of time, um, because I do spend a lot of time on the minutia of real estate, which I am, again, you know, restructuring my life to, uh, to kind of avoid. And then I'm going to be helping more with the media team, which I really enjoy. Um, you know, they are picking up some, uh, some higher-level stuff now that's, that's getting relatively complex. So uh, I'll be helping a lot more with that and helping to train people to, uh, to sit alongside techs and then um, finding a replacement for myself in the, uh, in the scripting uh, department. I'll be doing some training uh, on that. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'm going to be pursuing um, my real passion, which is, which is helping people. Um, right now, my passion's helping people. I help people with real estate. You know, they've got a real estate problem. I carry them from problem A through solution B to resolution C. And the joy I get from my job comes from the joy that my clients experience when they have a successful transaction. So it's not about the money in real estate. It's about helping people. And real estate's the vessel. And what I'm doing is I'm switching vessels. And I am leaning into the small business surgeon brand. And I'm going to help people more and more and more with their business. Now, I don't advertise that I consult. I have a handful of personal clients uh, that I consult with. And, you know, it's gone very well. Uh, I'm quite pleased. I've got some really good testimonials started to come in from people that I have helped. And I made the decision to build out a boot camp and take on five business owners, like right now, for, for weekly one-on-one -on -one sessions over the course of 60 days. And, um, you know, I pitched it, actually, at my entrepreneur meeting lunch um, that we host. And I'll tell you the pitch here in a second. But... I am still, like, still apprehensive about coaching, even though I have now had multiple success stories coming out of consultations, and I'm actually getting really good at it. I still have that little bitch voice in the back of my head that's still, to this day, um, intimidated by selling consulting and it really shouldn't be so the sales pitch um i went was you know we're going to cover in this boot camp why you're in business um what you're trying to achieve because the majority of people i talk to in the business network they don't even know what they're doing they don't know why they're in business they just they got let's say it's a painter they got good at painting they wanted to branch out on their own they go get their own jobs and they make enough money to pay the bills and that's it 
They might have one or two guys working for them, but they're not building any kind of paint empire. They're just going to a job um, that they paint and then they invoice their clients themselves and they do their own payroll. So, um, you know, analyzing why you're in business is super important. Uh, we go over the target market from front to back completely. You know, what's your message? Who are you looking for? Who's your avatar? All this good stuff. And then we go over the core values. Um, and core values are super important. I know you've heard me talk on those. We'll implement them throughout the company, um, both hiring people and in, in soliciting business and recruiting clients. We do a full-time audit, which is huge. You know, if, if as a company owner, your time is worth, even if your time is worth only $100 an hour, um, if we reorganize your, t- your time and manage to save you two hours a day by auditing what you're doing and focusing you on task, I just saved you 10 hours a week. Um, and if your time is worth 100 bucks an hour, that's an awful lot of time. Uh, the time you spend with your kids is worth thousands of dollars an hour. So by just doing a time audit, you can save all of that good stuff. And then we do a financial audit and we plug the holes in the bottom of the bucket so you can pour the same amount of water in the top and have more water left at the end of the day. And yeah, that's a money metaphor. John DeGroff will appreciate that. So anyway, it's 60 days. You free up more time with your family. You free up more money. Work with that little voice in your head. And I pitched it. And I said, right, guys, i got five spots available. And, um, you know, by, <laughs> by the end of the afternoon, I'd had three people come and, uh, and sign up. So I was a little bit surprised, but not like shocked but like wow okay what i'm saying is resonating and it's making sense and people are people are responding to it and you know my transition into creating a greater impact in the community and the lives of the people around me and the lives of the people i talk to online is accelerating and you know i sold three spots i've got two spots left um, if anybody's listening, you know what to do. Hit me up on Instagram, small business surgeon, jump in the DMs, and uh, we'll talk on the phone, obviously. Um, but that's not the win, okay? The win was me coming out of my shell and saying, you know what? It was a rough fucking weekend. I'm done with this shit. I'm done being half in and half out. I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to push. I'm going to pull in some clients, and I'm going to change some fucking lives. And that wasn't even the win, because yesterday morning before the event, one of my full-time regular clients stopped by the office with his wife, which was unscheduled. Now, we do schedule every Wednesday, but I had the event, so I had not scheduled him this week, so I could work on polishing up the event, which was our first speed networking event, which went really, really, really well, by the way. I was very pleased with how that went. Anyway, so these fellows, they stopped by my office, and they're like, hey, um, we got a presentation that we need to give, and we're stuck. We need your feedback. And I was like, well, shit. And, you know, I really should have had them scheduled for the Wednesday, like normal, but, again, with the with the event, they weren't on the schedule. And so I did what any good mentor would do, I, I jiggled some shit around. I pushed um, showing up at the venue a little bit late. I put some more responsibility on the team. And I sat on my clients. And they had a huge presentation to a national chain today, a national retail chain. And I won't get into their business or their specifics. But it was a very, very big deal for them. And 
my client came by with a PowerPoint presentation and we hadn't covered sales yet. Um, you know, we're only, we're only a month, six weeks into the program. So we haven't covered uh, sales. We're still working core values and we're still working on getting the time study right to where we can find the holes to bring in new hires, all that good stuff. Um, so no sales at all. And he's like, we know you can help with this. Like, well, what the fuck do we do? And he'd done a, they'd done a, a good job. The problem was it, it was very focused on who they were as a company. And what I was able to do in the 20 or 30 minutes we spent together was remind my guy that he wasn't selling anything. And this is an important lesson, you guys. When you go into a situation like this and you have flirted with the gatekeeper and the gatekeeper has said, yes, I want you to talk to our executives. What you have to remember is executives don't fucking want to talk to you. Like, I don't want to be around this guy. Why are you making me listen to this shit? What executives do is they say, we have a problem. Employee number one, you are the solution to this problem. Go figure it out. Bring us a solution. We will make the final decision, but we want your recommendation on the solution. So employee one being the gatekeeper, my boy didn't realize that by getting past the gatekeeper already, he was being invited to present to executives as an authority in the space. And we rewrote his entire sales pitch. We sat there and we got inside the mind of the executive. Does the executive care about you? Nope. Does he care about your company? Nope. Does he care about your accolades? Nope. Does he need to know about them? Yeah. But do they need to be on a PowerPoint? No. Do you want to put him to sleep? No. What does the executive care about? Nothing except fixing his fucking problem. That's it. He wants to know. The gatekeeper's already told my client that they've had five or six people come into this position and they've been hit with sales pitches and they're tired of salesmen over-promising and under-delivering, so we better have something fucking good for them. And so we flipped that script around and instead of my guy going in there as a salesman, my guy went in there as the authority on the subject matter, bottom line. And he went in and he said who he was and he read off some of his experience and then he asked these guys to redefine their problem and what success would look like to them. And when he called me this afternoon to tell me he'd closed the deal, I felt like the proudest fucking moment of, I mean, it's just like when my kid tells me he's won an award at school, like, you know, so fucking proud of this guy. The fact that when he came to me, I mean, God, he was just so, <laughs> so unsure of his talent and so unsure of his skill set. And selling his time by the hour instead of selling his knowledge and experience by the year. And the fact that I was able to turn that around for him is my win for the week. And I've never been more proud of a fucking client 
for going and doing that because that guy just landed a contract with a national retail chain that's going to change his entire fucking business. So there it is. That's my win for the week. And uh, I got two spots left. So shoot me a DM on Instagram. and Let's have a conversation because this is my passion. This is what I want to spend my life doing. And we can be one-on-one, we can be virtual, we can be remote, like whatever, in person. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing because that's what I love. And I want to thank all of you guys that listen to this fucking show for giving me the chance to do this with my life and to have as much impact as I'm doing. I am truly humbled and I am truly blessed. All right. Without getting soppy, I love you guys. I will see you all on Monday. I know we've got an interview. I can't remember who it is, guys. I have done probably 15 interviews in the last two and a half weeks. We are stacked up. We've got a whole bunch of great shit coming. Um, But I did not look on the server and see who's queued up next. So I apologize. Check in with us Monday. And uh, as always, guys, if you found any value whatsoever in this show, if it's made you laugh, if it's made you smile, if it's made you cry, do me a favor. Tell somebody about it, share it, screenshot it, put it up on your stories, and let's help as many people as possible get to the other side of this fucking thing they call entrepreneurship. All right, guys, I'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you made it this far, you clearly liked it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share it with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com. Ooh, yeah.